Chapter Eight of the Empire of Russia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. The Empire of Russia from the Remotest Periods to the Present Time by john stephen cabot abbott chapter eight resurrection of the russian monarchy from thirteen o four to thirteen eighty defeat of georges and the tartars indignation of the khan michel summoned to the horde his trial and execution assassination of georges execution of dmitri repulse and death of the ambassador of the khan vengeance of the khan increasing prosperity of russia the great plague supremacy of simon anarchy in the horde plague and conflagration the tartars repulsed reconquest of bulgaria the great battle of kulikov utter rout of the tartars the tartars now fierce mohammedans began to oppress severely particularly in cave the christians the metropolitan bishop of this ancient city with the whole body of the clergy pursued by persecution fled to vladimir and the others of the christians of cave were scattered over the kingdom the death of andre was as fatal to russia as had been his reign two rival princes michel of tver and georges of moscow grasped at the shadow of a sceptre which had fallen from his hands in consequence war and anarchy for a long time prevailed at length michel having appealed to the tartars and gained their support ascended the frail throne but a fierce war now raged between novgorod and moscow in the prosecution of this war georges obtained some advantage which led michel to appeal to the khan the prince of moscow was immediately summoned to appear in the presence of the tartar chieftain by the most ignoble fawning and promises of plunder georges obtained the support of the khan and returning with a tartar horde cruelly devastated the principality of his foe michel and all his subjects roused to the highest pitch of indignation marched to meet the enemy the two armies encountered each other a few leagues from moscow the followers of michel fighting with the energies of despair were unexpectedly successful and georges with his russian and tartar troops was thoroughly defeated Kavgadi, the leader of the tartar allies of georges was taken prisoner michel appalled by the thought of vengeance he might anticipate from the great khan whose power he had thus ventured to defy treated his captive kavgadi with the highest consideration and immediately set him at liberty loaded with presents georges accompanied by kavgadi repaired promptly to the court of the khan uzbek who was then encamped with a numerous army upon the shores of the caspian sea 
soon an ambassador of the khan arrived at vladimir and informed michel that uzbek was exasperated against him to the highest degree hasten said he to the court of the great khan or within a month you will see your provinces inundated by his troops think of your peril when Kamgadi has informed uzbek that you have dared to resist his authority terrified by these words the nobles of michel entreated him not to place himself in the power of the khan but to allow some one of them to visit the horde as it was then called in his stead and endeavor to appease the wrath of the monarch no replied the high-minded prince uzbek demands my presence not yours far be it from me by my disobedience to expose my country to ruin if i resist the commands of the khan my country will be doomed to new woes thousands of christians will perish the victims of his fury it is impossible for us to repel the forces of the tartars what other asylum is there then for me but death is it not better for me to die if i may thus save the lives of my faithful subjects he made his will divided his estates among his sons and entreating them ever to be faithful to the dictates of virtue bade them an eternal adieu michel encountered the khan near the mouth of the don as it enters the sea of azov uzbek was on a magnificent hunting excursion accompanied by his chieftains and his army for six weeks he did not deign to pay any attention to the russian prince not even condescending to order him to be guarded the rich presents michel had brought in token of homage were neither received nor rejected but were merely disregarded as of no moment whatever at length one morning suddenly as if recollecting something which had been forgotten uzbek ordered his lords to summon michel before them and adjudge his cause a tent was spread as a tribunal of justice near the tent of the khan and the unhappy prince bound with cords was led before his judges he was accused of the unpardonable crime of having drawn his sword against the soldiers of the khan no justification could be offered michel was cruelly fettered with chains and thrown into a dungeon an enormous collar of iron was riveted around his neck uzbek then set out for the chase on an expedition which was to last for one or two months the annals of the time describe this expedition with great particularity presenting a scene of pomp almost surpassing credence some allowance must doubtless be made for exaggeration and yet there is a minuteness of detail which accompanied by corroborative evidence of the populousness and the power of these tartar tribes invests the narrative with a good degree of authenticity we are informed that several hundreds of thousands of men were in movement that each soldier was clothed in rich uniform and mounted upon a beautiful horse that merchants transported in innumerable chariots 
the most precious fabrics of greece and of the indies and that luxury and gaiety reigned throughout the immense camp which in the midst of savage deserts presented the aspects of brilliance and populous cities michel who was awaiting his sentence from uzbek was dragged loaded with chains in the train of the horde georges was in high favor with the khan and was importunately urging the condemnation of his rival with a wonderful fortitude the prince endured his humiliation and tortures the nobles who had accompanied him were plunged into inconsolable grief michel endeavored to solace them he manifested through the whole of this terrible trial the spirit of the christian passing whole nights in prayer and enchanting the psalms of david as his hands were bound one of his pages held the sacred book before him his faithful followers urged him to take advantage of the confusion and tumult of the camp to effect his escape never exclaimed michel will i degrade myself by flight moreover should i escape that would save me only not my country god's will be done the horde was now encamped among the mountains of circassia it was the twenty-second of november thirteen nineteen when just after morning prayers which were conducted by an abbey and two priests who accompanied the russian prince michel was informed that usbek had sentenced him to death he immediately called his young son constantine a lad twelve years of age into his presence and gave him his last directions to his wife and children say to them enjoined this christian prince that i go down into the tomb cherishing for them the most ardent affection i recommend to their care the generous nobles the faithful servants who have manifested so much zeal for their sovereign both when he was upon the throne and when in chains these thoughts of home overwhelmed him and for a moment losing his fortitude he burst into tears causing the bible to be opened to the psalm of david which in all ages have been the great foundation of consolation to the afflicted he read from the fifty-sixth psalm fifth verse fearfulness and trembling are come upon me and horror hath overwhelmed me prince said the abbey in the same psalm with which you are so familiar are the words cast thy burden upon the lord and he shall sustain thee he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved michel simply replied by quoting again from the same inspired page oh that i had wings like a dove for then would i fly away and be at rest at that moment one of the pages entered the tent pale and trembling and informed that a great crowd of people were approaching i know why they are coming said the prince and he immediately sent his young son away on a message that the child might not witness the cruel execution of his father two brawny barbarians entered the tent as the prince was fervently praying they smote him down with clubs trampled him beneath their feet and then plunged a poniard into his heart 
the crowd which had followed the executioners according to their custom rushed into the royal tent for pillage the gory body was left in the hands of the russian nobles they enveloped the remains in precious clothes and bore them with affectionate care back to moscow georges now confirmed in the dignity of grand prince by the khan returned to vladimir where he established his government sending his brother to novgorod to reign over that principality in his name dmitri and others of the sons of michel for several years waged implacable warfare against georges with but little success the khan however did not deign to interfere in a strife which caused him no trouble but in the year thirteen twenty five georges again went to the horde on the eastern banks of the caspian at the same time dmitri appeared in the encampment meeting georges accidentally whom he justly regarded as the murderer of his father he drew his sword and plunged it to the hilt in the heart of the grand prince the khan accustomed to such deeds of violence was not disposed to punish the son who had thus avenged the death of his father but the friends of georges so importunately urged that to pardon such a crime would be an ineffaceable stain upon his honor would be an indication of weakness and would encourage the russian princes in the commission of other outrages that after the lapse of ten months during which time dmitri had been detained a captive uzbek ordered his execution and the unfortunate prince was beheaded dmitri was then but twenty-seven years of age and yet uzbek seemed to have had some regard for the cause of the young prince for he immediately appointed alexander a brother of dmitri and son of michel to succeed georges in the grand principality the novgorodans promptly received him as their ruler affairs wore in this state when at the close of the summer of thirteen twenty seven an ambassador of uzbek appeared with a band of tartars and entered the royal city of tver which was the residence of alexander the principality of tver was spread along the headwaters of the volga just north of the principality of moscow the report spread through the city that the mogul ambassador Shkevkol, who was a zealous mohammedan had to come to convert the russians to mohammedanism that he intended the death of alexander to ascend the throne himself and to distribute the cities of the principality to his followers the tverians in a paroxysm of terror and despair rallied for the support of their prince and their religion in a terrible tumult all the inhabitants rose and precipitated themselves upon the ambassador and his valiant bodyguard from morning until night the battle raged in the streets of tver the tartars overpowered by numbers and greatly weakened by losses during the day took refuge in a palace the citizens set the palace on fire and every tartar perished either consumed by the flames or cut down by the russians when uzbek heard of this event he was at first stupefied by the audacity of the deed 
he imagined that all russia was in the conspiracy and that there was to be a general rising to throw off the tartar yoke still uzbek with his characteristic sagacity decided to employ the russians to subdue the russians he at once deposed and outlawed alexander and declared jean danilovitch of moscow to be grand prince who promised the most obsequious obedience to his wishes at the same time he sent an army of fifty thousand tartars to cooperate with the russian army which jean danilovitch was commanded to put in motion for the invasion of the principality of tver it was in vain to think of resistance and alexander fled the invading army with an awful devastation ravaged the principality multitudes were slain others were dragged into captivity the smoking ruins of the cities and villages of tver became the monument of the wrath of the khan alexander pursued by the implacable wrath of uzbek was finally taken and beheaded but few particulars are known respecting the condition of southern russia at this time the principalities were under the government of princes who were all tributary to the tartars and yet these princes were incessantly quarrelling with one another and the whole country was the scene of violence and blood the energies of the tartar horde were now engrossed by internal dissensions and oriental wars and for many years the conquerors still drawing their annual tribute from the country but in no other way interfering with its concerns devoted all their energies to conspiracies and bloody battles among themselves moscow now became the capital of the country and under the peaceful reign of john increased rapidly in wealth and splendor john acting professedly as the agent of uzbek extorted from many of the principalities double tribute one half of which he furtively appropriated to the increase of the wealth splendor and power of his own dominions his reign was on the whole one of the most prosperous russia had enjoyed for ages agriculture and commerce flourished the volga was covered with boats conveying to the caspian the furs and manufactures of the north and laden on their return with spices and fabrics of the indies on the thirty first of march thirteen forty jean died as he felt the approach of death his spirit was overawed by the realities of the eternal world laying aside his regal robes he assumed the dress of a monk and entered a monastery devoted his last days zealously to prayer his end was peace immediately after his death there were several princes who were ambitious of grasping the sceptre which he had dropped and as uzbek alone could settle that question there was a general rush to the horde simeon the eldest son of jean and his brothers were among the foremost who presented themselves in the tent of the all-powerful khan simeon eloquently urged the fidelity with which his father had always served the mogul prince 
and he promised in his turn to do everything in his power to merit the favor of the khan so successfully did he prosecute his suit that the khan declared him to be grand prince and commanded all his rivals to obey him as their chief the manners of the barbarian moguls had for some time been assuming a marked change they emerged from their native wilds as fierce and untamed as wolves the herds of the cattle they drove along with them supplied them with food and the skins of these animals supplied them with clothing and with tents their home was wherever they happened to be encamped but having reached the banks of the black sea and the fertile valleys of the volga and the don they became acquainted with the luxuries of europe and of the more civilized portions of asia commerce enriched them large cities were erected embellished by the genius of grecian and italian architects life became more desirable and the wealthy chieftains indulging in luxury were less eager to encounter the exposure of and perils of battle the love of wealth now became with them a ruling passion for gold they would grant any favors the golden promises of simeon completely won the heart of uzbek and the young prince returned to moscow flushed with success he assumed such airs of superiority and of power as secured for him the title of the superb he caused himself to be crowned king with much religious pomp in the cathedral of vladimir novgorod manifested some resistance to his assumptions he instantly invaded the principality hewed down all opposition and punished his opponents with such severity that there was a simultaneous cry for mercy rapidly he extended his power and the fragmentary principalities of russia began again to assume the aspect of concentration and adhesion ere two years had elapsed uzbek the khan died this remarkable man had been for some time the friend and ally of pope benoit the twelfth who had hoped to convert him to christian religion the khan had even allowed the pope to introduce christianity to the tartar territories bordering on the black sea chanebek the oldest son of uzbek upon the death of his father assassinated his brothers and thus attained the supreme authority he was a zealous mohammedan and commenced his reign by commanding all the princes of the principalities of russia to hasten to the horde and prostrate themselves in token of homage before his throne the least delay would subject the offender to confiscation and death simeon was one of the first to do homage to the new khan he was received with great favor and dismissed confirmed in all his privileges in the year thirteen forty six one of the most desolating plagues recorded in history commenced its ravages in china and swept over all asia and nearly all europe the disease is recorded in the ancient annals under the name of black death 
thirteen million of the population were in the course of a few months swept into the grave entire cities were depopulated and the dead by thousands laid unburied the pestilence swept with terrible fury the encampments of the tartars and weakened that despotic power beyond all recovery but one-third of the population of the principalities of pskov and of novgorod were left living at london fifty thousand were interred in a single cemetery the disease commenced with swellings on the fleshy parts of the body a violent spitting of blood ensued which was followed by death the second or third day it is impossible according to the ancient annalists to imagine a spectacle so terrible young and old fathers and children were buried in the same grave entire families disappeared in a day each curate found every morning thirty dead bodies often more in his church greedy men at first offered their services to the dying hoping to obtain their estates but when it was found that the disease was communicated by touch even the most wealthy could obtain no aid the son fled from the father the brother avoided the brother still there were not a few examples of the most generous and self-sacrificing devotion medical skill was of no avail whatever and the churches were thronged with the multitudes who in the midst of the dying and the dead were crying to god for aid multitudes in their terror bequeathed all their property to the church and sought refuge in the monasteries in truth it appeared as if heaven had pronounced the sentence of immediate death upon the whole human family five times during his short reign simeon was compelled to repair to the horde to remove suspicions and appease displeasure he at length so far ingratiated himself into favor with the khan that the tartar sovereign conferred upon him the title of grand prince of all the russias the death of simeon in the year thirteen fifty three caused a general rush of princes of the several principalities to the tartar horde each emulous of being appointed his successor chanabek the khan after suitable deliberation conferred the dignity upon jean ivanovitch of moscow his reign of six years was disturbed by a multiplicity of intestine feuds but no events occurred worthy of record he died in thirteen fifty nine again the russian princes crowded to the horde as in every age office-seekers have thronged to the court the khan after due deliberation conferred the investiture of the grand principality upon dmitri of suzdal though the appointment was received with great dissatisfaction by the other princesses but now the power of the tartars was rapidly on the decline assassination succeeded assassination one chieftain after another securing the assassination of his rival and with bloody hands ascending the mogul throne the swords of the mogul warriors were turned against each other 
as rival chieftains rallied their followers for attack or defense civil war raged among these fierce bands with most terrible ferocity famine and pestilence followed the ravages of the sword while the horde was in this state of distraction antagonistic khans began to court the aid of the russian princes and a successful tartar chieftain who had poignarded his rival and thus attained the throne deposed dmitri of suzdal and declared a young prince dmitri of moscow to be sovereign of russia but as the khan whose whole energies were required to retain his disputed throne could send no army into russia to enforce this decree dmitri of suzdal paid but little attention to the paper edict immediately the russian princes arrayed themselves on different sides the conflict was short but decisive and a victorious prince of moscow was crowned as sovereign the light of the resurrection morning was now dawning upon russian monarchy there were fortunately at this time two rival khans beyond the waves of the caspian opposing each other with bloody scimitars the energetic young prince by fortunate marriage and by the success of his arms rapidly extended his authority but again the awful plague swept russia the analysts of those days thus describe the symptoms and the character of the malady one felt himself suddenly struck as by a knife plunged into the heart through the shoulder blades or between the two shoulders an intense fire seemed to burn the entrails blood flowed freely from the throat a violent perspiration ensued followed by severe chills tumors gathered upon the neck the hip under the arms or behind the shoulder blades the end was invariably the same death inevitable speedy but terrible out of a hundred persons frequently not more than ten would be left alive moscow was almost depopulated in smolensk but five individuals escaped and they were compelled to abandon the city the houses and the streets being encumbered with the putrefying bodies of the dead just before this disaster moscow suffered severely from a conflagration the imperial palace and a large portion of the city were laid in ashes the prince then resolved to construct a kremlin of stone and he laid the foundation of a gorgeous palace in the year thirteen sixty seven dmitri now began to bid defiance to the tartars doubly weakened by the sweep of the pestilence and by internal discord there were a few minor conflicts in which the russians were victorious and elated by success they began to rally for a united effort to shake off the degrading mogul yoke three bands of the tartars were encamped at the mouth of the dnieper the russians descended the river in barges assailed them with the valor with which their fathers had displayed and drove the pagans in wild rout to the shores of the sea of azov the tartars astounded at such unprecedented audacity forgetting for the time their personal animosities collected a large army and commenced a march upon moscow 
the grand prince dispatched his couriers in every direction to assemble the princes of the empire with all the soldiers they could bring into the field again the tartars were repulsed for many years the tartars had been in possession of bulgaria an extensive region east of the volga in the year thirteen seventy six the grand prince dmitri fitted out an expedition for the reconquest of that country the russian arms were signally successful the tartars beaten on all hands their cities burned their boats destroyed were compelled to submit to the conqueror a large sum of money was extorted from them to be distributed among the troops they were forced to acknowledge themselves in their turn tributary to russia and to accept russian magistrates for the government of their cities encouraged by this success the grand prince made arrangements for other exploits a border warfare ensued which was continued for several years with alternating success and with great ferocity neither party spared age or sex and cities and villages were indiscriminately committed to the flames russia was soon alarmed by the rumor that mamai a tartar chieftain was approaching the frontiers of russia with one of the largest armies the moguls had ever raised this intelligence roused the russians to the highest pitch of energy to meet their foes in a decisive battle an immense force was soon assembled at moscow from all parts of the kingdom after having completed all his arrangements dmitri with his chief captains repaired to the church of the trinity to receive the benediction of the metropolitan bishop you will triumph said the venerable ecclesiastic but only after terrible carnage you will vanquish the enemy but your laurels will be sprinkled with the blood of a vast number of christian heroes the troops accompanied by the ecclesiastics who bore the banner of the cross passed out at the gate of the kremlin as the majestic host defiled from the city the grand prince passed the hours in the church of st michael kneeling upon the tomb of his ancestors fervently imploring the blessing of heaven animated by the strength which prayer ever gives he embraced his wife saying god will be our defender and then mounting his horse placed himself at the head of his army it was a beautiful summer's day calm serene and cloudless and the whole army was sanguine in the hope that god would smile upon their enterprise marching nearly south along the valley of the moskwa they reached in a few days the large city of kolomna a hundred miles distance on the banks of the oka here they were joined by several confederate princes with their contingents of troops swelling the army to one hundred and fifty thousand men seventy-five thousand of these were cavalry superbly mounted never had russia even in her days of greatest splendor witnessed a more magnificent array mamai the tartar khan had assembled the horde in numbers which he deemed overwhelming on the waters of the don resolved not to await the eruption of the foe on the twentieth of august 
dmitri with his army crossed the oka and pressed forward towards the valley of the don they reached this stream on the sixth of september soon detachments of the advance guards of the two armies met and several skirmishes ensued dmitri assembled his generals in solemn conclave and saying to them the hour of god's judgment has sounded gave minute directions for the conflict aided by a dense fog which concealed their operations from the view of the enemy the army crossed the don the cavalry fording the stream while the infantry passed over by a hastily constructed bridge dmitri deployed his columns in a battle array upon the vast plain of kulikov a mound of earth was thrown up that dmitri upon its summit might overlook the whole plain as the russian prince stood upon this pyramid and contemplated his army there was spread before him such a spectacle as mortal eyes have seldom seen a hundred and fifty thousand men were marshalled on the plain it was the morning of the eighth of september thirteen eighty thousands of banners fluttered in the breeze the polished armor of the cavaliers sarahs spears and helmet glittered in the rays of the sun seventy-five thousand steeds gorgeously caparisoned were neighing and prancing over the verdant savannah the soldiers according to their custom shouted the prayer which rose like the roar of many waters great god grant to our sovereign the victory the whole sublime scene moved the soul of dmitri to its profoundest depths and as he reflected that in the few hours perhaps the greater portion of that multitude might lie dead upon the field tears gushed from his eyes and kneeling upon the summit of the mound in the presence of the whole army he extended his hands towards heaven in a fervent prayer that god would protect russia and christianity from the heel of the infidel then mounting his horse he rode along the ranks exclaiming my brothers dearly beloved my faithful companions in arms by your exploits this day you will live forever in the memory of men and those of you who fall will find beyond the tomb the crown of martyrs the tartar host approached upon the boundless plain slowly and cautiously but in numbers even exceeding those of the russians notwithstanding the most earnest remonstrances of his generals dmitri led the charge exposing himself to every peril which the humblest soldier was called to meet it is not in me said he to seek a place of safety while crying out to you my brothers let us die for our country my actions shall correspond with my words i am your chief i will be your guide i will go in advance and if i die it is for you to avenge me again ascending the mound the king with a loud voice read the forty-sixth psalm god is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble therefore will not we fear though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea the battle was immediately commenced 
with ferocity on both sides which has probably never been surpassed for three hours the two armies were blended in a hand-to-hand fight spreading over a space seven miles in length blood flowed in torrents and the sod was covered with the slain here the russians were victorious and the tartars fled before them there the tartars with frenzied shouts chased the russians in awful rout over the plain dmitri had stationed a strong reserve behind a forest when both parties were utterly exhausted suddenly this reserve emerged from their retreat and rushed upon the foe vladimir the brother of dmitri led the charge the moguls surprised confounded overwhelmed and utterly routed in the wildest confusion and with outcries which rent the heavens turned and fled the god of the christians has conquered exclaimed the tartar chief gnashing his teeth in despair the tartars were hewed down by sabre strokes from unexhausted arms and trampled beneath the hoofs of the war-horse the entire camp of the horde with immense booty of tents chariots horses camels cattle and precious commodities of every kind fell into the hands of the captors the valorous prince vladimir the hero of the day returned to the field of battle which his cavalry had swept like a tornado and planting his banner upon a mound with signal trumpets summoned the whole victorious host to rally around it the princes the nobles from every part of the extended field gathered beneath its folds but to their consternation the grand prince dmitri was missing amidst the surging of the battle he had disappeared and was nowhere to be found End of chapter 8